you know, how you treat people that can't help you is who you are in life. Welcome to another edition of the Columbia University Sports Podcast, The Cusp Show, where we talk about the business of leadership, media, disruption, all different kinds of things. Joe Favorito back again with Scott Rosner here on Radio Row, Phoenix, Arizona Convention Center. Uh, and uh, we're going to do a little NFL faculty talk, I guess, Scott, right? Yeah, absolutely. And, and media and leadership. So, I mean, think about all the things that you just mentioned, stuff. Joe. Lots of stuff. A lot of things you just mentioned. And actually, our next guest, Mike Tannenbaum, is has been and is involved in all of those things in, in, a, in many ways. And another business. And other business, which we're absolutely going to talk about. The most interesting man in the world. Maybe the most interesting <laughs> man on, on Radio Row. So, Mike, welcome to the show. Well, great. I just like to be one of the interesting people as part of uh, your roster, Scott. <laughs> <laughs> so, Mike, let's let's first of all let's start with the business piece and and, and the and the big piece that brings you here uh, this week, thirty third team. So, talk us through the evolution um, of thirty third team, where it's where the idea came from, and where it's evolved into. Yeah, what, what's the expression like? Uh, Necessity is the mother of invention, and uh, I was very fortunate to get hired by ESPN as my uh, job with Miami was ending, and I had 175 people reporting to me, and the next day I had nobody. And um, I drove from uh, Bristol, Connecticut to UMass, where I went to as an undergrad, and one of my big passions is I like to help others get to where they want to go. I hired a couple of interns. They helped me with the draft, and I was talking to Greg Schiano and Jim Caldwell, and they were like, you know... We really need some help as well between opportunities and proudly with the help of people like you guys and Columbia and a few other schools, we've placed 23 men and women in the NFL with full-time jobs. And basically, like, there's two buckets of people, young men and women that want to work in the NFL and then people that are between opportunities that need the help and support so the students get meaningful experience and the professionals get the support that they need. So, but it evolves from this... 33rd team, right? And, and obviously, for all of our listeners know, 32 NFL teams. This is the 33rd team. And it evolves from, you know, hey, here's a think tank where we can get together and talk about some uh, some things and stay relevant as, as folks are in between jobs and students uh, who aspire to work in the league can get the experience that they need. It's evolved into something much bigger than that. And so you've had some really cool moments uh, over the last you know, six, nine months. Uh, and you can talk about how it has grown during that time. Yeah, so we had two uh, investors that came in, uh, Liberty Media out of Denver and the Bow Post Group out of Boston, Seth Klarman's firm. And it gave us the ability to really capitally correct, uh, capitalize the business. So it was in uh, the investment committee of one, which is Michelle Tannenbaum. And uh, <laughs> we were actually able to, uh, we now have uh, 55 people who create content content for us and probably more importantly we're an official vendor of the NFL so we actually have the rights to show footage which uh, most people on the internet don't have and th those have been consequential moves for us. Yeah and and so as someone who's been privileged to be part of the, the weekly calls uh, it really is a and I, I, we joke around that it, it says if the, the folks who are on there, the football people, and I'm a fan, right? But the people who are on there, the football people are on there, they may as well be speaking Urdu, right? Because <laughs> I, have, I have no idea. They start talking about different stuff. And, and I thought I knew a little bit as a fan, like, hey, I'm, I teach sports and this is what I do, and I, you know, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, I have no idea what they're talking about. 
Yeah, and, and that's really like the object of the exercise is like when we get, like we always say, like when we plan for those calls, like in an hour, do we all get a little bit better? Like that's the standard. Mm-hmm. And as you've seen or been part of the calls, like we do try to touch on everything in an hour. So it could be salary cap trades, medical, officiating, whatever it is. And we've also had some incredible speakers. We had uh, like employee number three from Starbucks and he told a great story real quick. I'll try to uh, give the Reader's Digest version, but there was a young female a barista in LA who's 14 years old and seeing the customers in the afternoon walk across the street looking for uh, a Frappuccino. And here they are, they're a successful place in Seattle, and they're like, no, 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 we have JDs and MBAs. Three months later, she's like, I'm telling you, we are losing our customers. They're walking across the street. They're like, nope. The third time, she's a teenager. She's like, I'm telling you, we're leaving money on the table. They try one store, they put a Frappuccino machine in. It's now a billion dollar category for Starbucks. And he's like, the lesson, guys, is if you have someone sweep the floor, let them buy the broom. And people that are actually doing the job sometimes have perspective That's that you ever will. And, you know, that was about Starbucks. But if you're running Columbia, if you're running a, a, a football team, there's so much wisdom in that story. Absolutely. Great ideas come from everywhere. And to, to think that they don't is going to preclude you from finding some really interesting opportunities. There's no question about it. Did you have that at all? In I mean, you, your football career has been terrific. Um, you know, it's something that, you know, is, has inspired a lot of people. It's something a lot of people aspire to be. They want to be the next Mike Tannenbaum. Um, and, but did you ever find that, this, this an idea, uh, something that just evolved? They're like, wow, I never thought about that. Good person to ask. Yep. So uh, one thing I'm really proud of, uh, a legacy uh, program we started was uh, we had a professional development day at the Jets. So we shut the building down and everybody had to go out and follow somebody for a day. So it could be a state trooper, somebody went to the Howard Stern show. We had our old old scruffy tight end coach, Mike Devlin, good friend of mine. He goes to Coach Leather Products. And then we come back and we have a barbecue and we sit around like, okay, everyone give us one idea to get the Jets better. And he's like, you know, Mike, you do a terrible job of onboarding. I'm like, what are you talking about? He's like, well, at Coach Leather, they spend like the first couple of weeks, like when you're new, you, you meet everybody and we should do a better job of like, hey, when a new coach comes in, who sells tickets, who sells sponsorships, you know, who cuts the ground? I'm like, you know, that's a great idea. Yeah. And like, so like, it's weird, like you talk about being like a GM and an NFL team, and here, like Coach Leather gave us a really good idea about like how to properly onboard somebody. And another one, if you could share, because uh, there is the sense that the, the, that one of your former players, who you drafted, um, is about to be inducted into or not and selected for the Hall of Fame, right, in Darrell Rivas. Um, and there is a great story that you've shared in other forms. You haven't shared it with, with us, and I'm sure our listeners are interested in in the evaluation process. Um, and a stone that you would never think to unturn. Yep. Right? Mike, if you could share that story. Sure. You know, so that was an old Coach Belichick idea, which was like, have your unpaid interns be the drivers to and from the airport. And when Darrell left our facility, he called his mom. And one of the responsibilities of the interns was to give a summary of their observations and Darrell said to his mother like how great he loved the visit how he could see himself being jet and how he wanted to be coached here and we Darrell was a late declaring junior and we didn't have a lot of information on him nor did anybody the tape you could watch him and be like okay this is a really good player 
but there was a lot of things you didn't know about him. And I'm a big believer is, you know, how you treat people that can't help you is who you are in life. And the way that Darrell was really respectful of his mother, the way he interacted with this intern was one of the many reasons we felt comfortable to trade up for him. And obviously the rest is history. Right. I mean, you know, it's how many Hall of Famers that, that do you get an opportunity to select? Right. Right. Hopefully seven each draft. But the reality <laughs> is that far fewer than that in during the course of your career. Um, so, you know, again, another big lesson from that drill, right? Um, you know, information is available from a lot of different places and do your due diligence. Uh, and, and, you know, obviously, Mike, we, we were raised the same way, um, you know, in thinking about, you know, how you treat people who can't help you uh, is really someone's the best indication of character in a lot of ways. So um, along those lines, as you've looked around other teams, as culture tries to evolve, are more teams, have you seen that type of entrepreneurial let's take things from outside, let's not look at ourselves, grow amongst organizations, or is it still pretty stagnant, just kind of rinse and repeat? Yeah, you know, Joe, like, give a lot of credit to Howie Roseman, so I think most people know that he was basically reassigned when Chip Kelly was there, and yeah. he invested himself. He went and met with a lot of people, and um, I think he's, you know, a guy, you know, there's two types of mindsets, you know, growth and fixed, and I think Howie's a really good example of someone who has a growth mindset. Yeah, and I remember when, when that happened and, and having the conversation with Howie. He's like, hey, can I pick your brain? I'm like, what the hell are you going to learn from me, right? Um, and someone who I've always admired from, from, you know, fairly far. And he's like, look, I'm on an intellectual world tour for the next year right, or so. And I'm going to learn as much as I can, talk to as many different people. And, you know, fast forward, look what happens. Yeah. Uh, Mike, who are some of the, the people that when say, who, who, who are you looking at? Who are some of the people that you're following? Uh, the people wouldn't normally think of, like when you, when you kind of look around and say, these are five people who I really like to learn more about. Is that, is that a growing list for you? Yeah, uh, I, I, like CNBC, you know, there's a lot of guys like Jim Kramer, um, I think he's a really smart guy. Um, well, he's an Eagles fan, how could he not be? Like, yeah, yeah, like, exactly, like, yeah. Um, I, I, I read a lot in uh, finance. Um, Bob Iger is really a fascinating guy to me, um, just from a standpoint of, you know, he really was retired and, yeah. and, and came back and, you know, gave a two-year commitment. You know, they had a great earnings report, obviously, today, but his leadership style is really good. Um, a good friend of mine, Matt Higgins, who I work with at mm. the Jets and Dolphins, has a book out right now that's really good. Um, so it's called Burn the Boats, and uh, it's about, like, don't look back and, um, you know, believe in what you want to do. And uh, so those are a few that come to mind. Cortez, burn the boats. That's exactly right. He talks about that. Yeah, there's a lot. Yeah. That's exactly right. So then another piece of your career is the ESPN piece. Yeah. So how does that happen? I was really lucky. I, I you know, like, I, so I was fortunate. I was at the Jets for a long time, 16 years, was an agent for a minute, and then Got a chance to uh, run the Dolphins, and as that was ending, Bill Pullian, who's a good, good friend and a Hall of Famer, uh, was done and wanted to retire. And that was like within like seven days, and like they needed someone like right now for Bill's role. And it was like, okay, like I mean, I wish I could tell you it was like this big plan of mine. But so, so, but this is a total departure from for from what you've done before. I mean, so. You're you're, an, you're a GM, right? You're you're kind of keeping the the media at bay, yeah. right? And then you're on the representation side, right? So that that's a little bit of a departure. But this is like a 180, like, right? Yeah. So what was it like to immerse yourself? And it's a brand new challenge. Yeah. Right? So talk us through that. Yeah, Scott. Like candidly, like I, I really, I don't know, like. Like, just to give you a little insight, like, I get up every day and I look at my, I'm like, the best is yet to come. 
like the best is yet to come. Like today's gonna be, I'm gonna be better today than I was yesterday. And I have no idea like where my career is gonna go, but it's gonna be better tomorrow than whatever I like. Whatever I did is ancient history. So let me ask you this: Where does that come from? Is that a, is is that from your parents? Is that from? No, like, I think I'm just like incredibly insecure. <laughs> like I, it's actually like not to um, you know bury the lead or sell books here, but there's actually I'm in the book burn the boats and talks a lot about like my insecurities of being the GM of the Jets and like the fears I had and we had a lot of success there that I didn't deserve candidly early on um, and like the book actually talks about that but it's really you know I didn't grow up with a lot you know my dad was a transit worker and um, I don't know there's a lot I want to get done and uh, I'm either going to get there or die trying so mm. when I got the opportunity with ESPN I hired a broadcast coach guy I know you know well Jerry Madelon and we have a really candid and frank, you know, dynamic, and uh, he's made me a lot better. So that's the second part of what you know, the most interesting man in the world. And the third part is then you begin teaching at Columbia. So if you can take it, and I, I know my side of it. Bearing, if you're you, bearing the lead I'm again, not, Scott. Nah, not at all. So this, this is maybe the least interesting part of the most interesting man in the world. Um, if you could take us through, like, what... What leads to that? Like, what leads you to come in and say, hey, can we have a conversation? So, um, in the formative years of my career, uh, I was at UMass, and there was a, a wonderful woman who's still there, Lisa Pike, Master Alexis. She taught me. I love her. She's yeah, great. Yeah, I know you, yeah. Yeah, know, you, know you know her well. And she was one of the first people, Scott, that said to me, like, you can do this. Like, I believe in you. And, like, I think about that probably every day. And I'm like, you know, if I can help one person get to where they want to go. Like, I have that responsibility. You know, Curtis Martin, somebody I look up to as much as anybody, always said to whom much is given, much is expected. And I just feel like you gave me an opportunity. I knew about the program. Uh, being in New York, talking football, like it was just another way to do that and hopefully inspire, help somebody along the way. And like the pipeline with the NFL and that relationship, it kind of tied everything together and works out well. And it took about three years, like, logistically to get it to all work, yeah. like, with my schedule with them and you guys, but, like, it, it all works. Yeah. No, and, and then this year you brought on, yeah. right, yeah. a, a, a co-coach, co Yeah, right? yeah, exactly. And, and, and Kevin Abrams of the Giants, you know, it was really remarkable, like, with everything going on, just to make sure we could do it at the highest level possible, it was great to have Kevin, who has a little bit of a different perspective on me, which is great for the students, because we see things similar in some ways, but... Diff different certainly in others and um, you know feedback was great and he you know hit the ground running which I don't think any of us are surprised by no it's, it's been absolutely amazing so in our program we have of course uh, football business management the inner workings of the NFL uh, that Mike developed um, you know and and then you know taught on, on his own and then and then Kevin Abrams has, has come in and joined and co-taught the course uh, and it is it's a master class I, I mean I try to sit in it's scheduled at a time where I have a, a pre-existing commitment three weeks out of the month, which drives me crazy because I would be in every single class if mm -hmm. I could. Um, and, and it's really, and, it's that good. And, but really, you know, I think that's a tribute to the program that you guys run in terms of like the caliber of the students. And, you know, it's funny, like we always, uh, when we first designed the course, it was always going to be the first 15 minutes were current events. And like, that's like the NFL, like, like exhibit A with Radio World. Like it's the gift that keeps on giving. There's always something. But, the students were so good, like you could just have a course in NFL current events. Right. Like, and I, you know, one of the challenges, like with the class, is like you have your slides and you're prepared, and sometimes you're like, oh gosh, I don't know if we're gonna make it that long, and then you're like, oh shoot, like we didn't even get to the slides today. Like, yeah. it's hard sometimes to pace. 
because the questions are so good and the discussion is so good, like, you don't want to cut that off. Yeah. So, and, and then how does it work? I mean, look, you know, you know, we, you, you have, you're a busy guy, right? Um, you've got two teenagers, you're not an empty nester yet, right? How does the work-life balance work as well? I mean, you, you go from, from the GM uh, piece where you're immersed there um, and now doing all the other stuff that you're doing. How does that part work? Yeah, so I try to, uh, I get up really early and work out, like get that, like try to get that. Although I, I was so insulted today. <laughs> I walked into a coffee shop after I worked out and saw somebody I know. He's like, hey, are you going to work out or did you work out? I'm like, really? <laughs> really? Like, I mean, besides like saying like you're old, fat, or bald, like I can't imagine hey, something. Listen, hey, be careful with old, fat, and bald. You just hit my trifecta, Mike. <laughs> yeah. like, my I, God. Yeah. <laughs> No, like, I, like, is there a worse insult when someone says that to there, you? There's not. So here's the trick. you got to wear the Columbia Sports Management gray shirt. Okay. Because it shows everything, right? right. So, like, the sweat, like, there's no hiding. It's a gray yeah. shirt, yeah. right? That's the key. You you go dark, you know, you could fool people. So that's, that could work that. out pro tip. Yeah, right? I, I like that. You know. I was at LA Fitness at, like, 6 a.m. So. Yeah, there but, you go. But, um, you know, Scott, I think that's something that could t really always evolves and it's just hard. Um, I just try to be as you know mindful and present, like for my kids. Having a daughter in college, obviously, that's different now. Um, but I just try to do the best I can, and I don't think I'm always great at it. Um, but I, I try to schedule things the best I can, stay ahead of things. Like, what's up next week? What can I prepare for? I do have four thousand interns that help me, like especially like with social media and planning, and like you know, Derek Carr has a deadline next week. Like, what's our graphic for that? Like, when's the rough draft? Like, so I do try to stay ahead of things like to the extent I can. So now you've gone through this amazing process at ESPN, launched and, and grown the 33rd team um, on the other side of it. Looking back or lo even looking forward, access. When coaches, GMs, people of influence come to you and say, well, why would we let these people in our locker room? You know, why do the fans need more? What are these streaming shows about? Do you have a, what's your different perspective now from when you were on the inside, and how do you think that's going to change going yeah, forward? Yeah, Joe, it's a great question, and I'll tell you, there's one thing, like, to be concerned from a macro standpoint, but, like, I just think these guys, they all have, like, a great story to tell. Let them tell it. And I do think there's going to be a big challenge. Like, we see it with Draymond Green, who always mm -hmm. wants to have the emergency podcast. Right. I think from a big picture standpoint, someone needs to explain to Draymond Green, that's not in your best interest, because yeah. that's helping drive the cap that's helping drive national revenue if we become a league of independent contractors yeah there'll be a handful of guys that'll do well but for the greater good like that's not good for mlb nfl and i think somewhere there could be some collectively bargained you know aspects of that where like do we ban individual you know content creation for the first 20 minutes after a game interesting uh, i think there, that's a i think it's a really interesting you know like great thing for the program to keep monitoring because I think that's the tip of the iceberg because if I'm Draymond Green and my podcast is sponsored by you know FanDuel why am I going to talk to KNBR yeah. mm -hmm. right but someone needs to explain well look Draymond like let's not be penny wise and pound foolish because if KNBR isn't you know sponsoring you know the Warriors like it, it's really an interesting discussion it's a rising tide question right isn't it I mean it's that it, it will lift all boats yep um your thoughts on people who are doing it really well in terms of access and getting messages out, whether it's teams, leagues? I'll give you a great example, Joe. Like, it happened the other day. I was cracking up. I was on ESPN, and Sean Payne's asked a question. Well, you know, Russell Wilson's uh, coach was in the – and 
you know, there's a great line, which is like, communication isn't what's said, it's what's heard. Mm. And it, man, it was like, shot across the bow, man. Like, Russell, like, hopefully they had that conversation privately, because like, that was, mm. you know, look, new sheriff in town, new culture, I get it, but boy, that was, you know, he came out swinging, no cool. question. So, and let's turn to the game, right? Um, and- There's a game. There is there is apparently a football game on, on Sunday, and, and unfortunately, um, I wasn't able to join. The, I was working last night, so I was unable to, to, to join on, on the call. Uh, what's the conversation from the 33rd team? What's the analysis say uh, about the Super Bowl? Yeah, it's fascinating. It should be a really close game. Look, Philly, Philly this is amazing, guys. Jalen Hurts has only thrown the ball 22 times in the second half of the season without the lead. Like, that's really <laughs> amazing. So the question is, can Kansas City get a lead and make Jalen Hurts play one-handed? That's saying he can't. It's just a great of incomplete. The other question is, Kansas City ran the ball 37% of the time this year. Will they try to run it a little bit more, knowing that, hey, we can keep Philadelphia on the sidelines. If there's a vulnerability to that Eagle defense, it's stopping the run. So those are some of the chess pieces match to look at. Yeah, no, and, and you know, obviously the offensive and defensive line for the Eagles is strength. You know, and something that's been dissected over and over part at levels that way beyond what I can comprehend. Um, you know, as a you know as as a, a, a watcher of football. Um, so what I'm hoping for is an Eagles game and a fast win because I'm an 11:15 flight uh, out, of, <laughs> out of here on on, on Sunday night. So yeah, hopefully you, you could uh, stay for the end of the game. I will definitely stay for the game because remember it's local time, right? So, oh, all right, right, right. So you know, it's but getting out of there is really the question. How um, far is the stadium to the airport? It's a hike. It's it's yeah. 24 minutes oh, according okay. to at that hour of day according to Waze. Now is it a Uber or did you rent a car? It's it's an Uber, um, and or a taxi or I'm hitching. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be going to a game with with uh, scooter. You know, yeah, scooter. exactly. I can so. take a scooter. Right. Yeah. Unfortunately, I can't run that far. Right. So. Um, so, final thoughts and uh, around what it's like being on this side um, and at Radio Row uh, yeah. for you. Yeah, it's been great. You know, we're talking football. It's a great time of year. Um, I always think it's uh, it's sort of invigorating to see, like, how well, like, the energy around our sport. And, by the way, like, things will quiet down for about 10 minutes, and we'll be into Derek Carr and franchise tags and then the combine. And, you know, it just keeps going until – you know, late May, early June, and it, it shows, like, the health of the sport. And, again, going back to the Draymond Green conversation, like, this is why, you know, we want to pull rights together. You know, like, this, it's great to talk about the sport, and, um, you know, the league does a great job of it. Absolutely. Last question. Uh, I'm reading Joe Madden's book now, and he talks all about not wanting to suck and don't suck and trying to balance the analytic side with, with really kind of the gut side and how things happen. Uh, are there coaches that you look at now in any sport that really kind of get that as opposed to just kind of turning over everything and making sure that the analytics run. You know, Nick Sirianni, I think, is a good example of that. You know, he's aggressive. You know, it's based on the data, but um, I think he's really comfortable in his own skin and he really doesn't care what other people think. And I don't think he's dogmatic. I think he's pragmatic. And, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I think a lot of their success is sort of like, you know, tied to his approach to things. Cool. Amazing. All right. Uh, for Joe Favorito, this is Scott Rogers. Thank you so much, Mike, for taking the time to Thank join you. us on the Columbia University Sports Management Podcast, the Cuffs Show. Always great to have one of our own uh, in here. And obviously, you know, so proud of, uh, of having you be part of our family uh, and uh, affiliation. And that's Mike's alarm saying, Rosner, <laughs> zip, zip it. Um, so uh, for, for Mike, uh, Joe, Scott Rosner, you've been listening to the Cuffs Show. We'll see you next time.